Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Atalata Pod Season 5, Episode 6. It's been a hot minute, but it's still me, Dan, from Atalata Vegas. Not currently in Vegas, but uh, still Atalata Vegas with, of course, Nick from Atalanta Passion. Nick International Break is over. Thank God we can actually reconnect with football again. Uh, but we got a little break. How's it been for you? How are you doing? I'm good. Yeah, this was one to easily get detached from. <laughs> I think on the flip side, we don't have an October international break. Yeah. And usually they win in November too, right? Yeah. But now we've got World Cup. So it's like football, October, November. We have three months without stopping in football, which is really nice. Yep. It's going to be a lot to talk about, but not a whole lot for this international break, which we're going to talk briefly about. Uh, it feels like it's been a long time, but we will talk about the Roma match um, that happened in match day seven, and we will look forward to Fiorentina at the weekend, and we'll talk about whatever we decide to after that as well. But let's start with the international break roundup, and uh, international breaks suck for a myriad of reasons Dominic. <laughs> yes i think every every atalanta fan at least this time around can concur with that with that sentiment yeah, yeah. i mean mm-hmm. I, I think that the clincher was like what five minutes into the netherlands match where cook miners gets a head injury um after on the heels of we'll talk about juan musso's head injury in the roma match mm-hmm. got us and he got he got taken out and i think was even stretchered out but uh yeah. got us all really really nervous uh on top of that demi uh wasn't injured in a match but he didn't feature for turkey so we were all freaking out about that and of course scalvini also uh pulls a hammy of sorts uh as well so it's like why can't we have nice things and uh it wasn't an international match but atlanta did play against propatria uh today and uh, zapacosta decided to re-injure himself that's how he got hurt in the in the mm-hmm. in the friendly scrimmage I, yeah yep but so, there's more reason to play Brad than Soppy now. We can just see the yes. silver lining on somebody's downfall, as unfortunate <laughs> as that may be. Absolutely. I mean, I think let's let's not talk about the injuries because luckily it looks like Cup Miners and Demerol will be available, um, and and potentially Scalvini. He did play against against Propatria, so all three of those guys. Oh, good. Uh, could, I didn't know. Could, that. Nice. Yeah, could be available mm-hmm. on um, Sunday against Fiorentina. Um, Duvan Zapata looks to be back and fit, but maybe he they're they're going to precaution and keep him out of the Fiorentina match. But um, mm-hmm. I have to say that probably the there's two highlights for me for the international break that have to deal with us uh, with our Atalantini, and that was Rasmus Hoyland making his debut, um, playing two matches for. Um, for Denmark, which was fantastic. First match that he played against was against Mario Pasalic's Croatia, uh, where I think Mario started that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, Mele got an assist, and I believe in the second match that he passed the ball to Ericsson very innocuously, who scored from like 30 meters out. A Remo Freuler special right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, Remo Freuler actually scored. I know he's not in the Olympics oh, nice. anymore, but he did, he did score um, for Switzerland. But I think the big thing is that that Capitano, Rafa Toloi, now that uh, Mancini's gone to a back three, I believe he played two two matches for Italy, and I think he started both of them, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, they playing did. 180 minutes, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken, all the whole game. So, And Italy won those games, and they topped their group, strangely enough, and are going to the final four of, <laughs> of the uh, Nations League. I guess we just uh, can't 
get to the World Cup is what we're going to say. Who needs a World Cup when you have a Nations League? Like, you know what, Nick? Turn, it, turn the tears right there. A, yeah. a trophy is a trophy. A win is a win. Um, yeah. I have to say, I, I'm at least slightly more attached to these friendlies as far as like interested in seeing what the score is if it means something a little bit. So sure. I think yeah. we're all just getting used to it at this point. Oh, look, it's a Nations mm-hmm. League. It's another league. But um, Colombia beat, beat Mexico too. Colombia did beat exciting. Mexico. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Decided to score three goals when it doesn't matter. But yeah. and of whatever. course, did Lucho didn't play, did he? He did not. I yeah. don't think he was called up. Yeah, no Duvan, yeah. no Lucho, mm-hmm. and Colombia scores three goals. Um, yeah, that doesn't bode well for us. But uh, yeah. Wilmer Barrios <laughs> had a screamer, so yes, he did. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we should, maybe we need a changing of the Colombian guard mm-hmm. at Atalanta. Um, any other highlights you want to talk about for the initial break? No, I. I can't think of anything else that even happened. I yeah. don't even – I watched a little bit of a couple of games, but, yeah, you covered it. It's yeah. good to see Toloi get a, get a nod. Yeah, it was, good to, it was good to see Germany and England at the bottom of, of that Italy group as well. Yep, and yep. For England to struggle. It's always nice to see England struggle. We're not talking about their economy, folks. We're talking about their football club. Yeah. Too soon? Sorry. Too soon. I'm, I hope we don't get crap for that one. I feel bad for – I feel bad for what's going on in the UK yeah. right now. So let's just jump before we get too into politics to Roma, right? Nick, you said it best on Twitter after that game ended and we won 1-0. Take the three points and run mm-hmm. because I don't think we deserved three points in that match. Um, gosh, I, I feel like there's we've played a lot of matches where we were Roma. Uh, when it came to that, yep. like oh, so many chances, misses. Um, but it was a very interesting match. And, you know, I, I, I'm so happy that we got the three points and we ended up, you know, uh, at the international break tied with Napoli, I guess, second, if you count goals difference. Um, but uh, one nil, uh, man, Scalvini scores a goal, like, you know, from Rasmus Hoyland's assist, like craziness happening. I have to say, before we talk a little bit about the game here, is that my highlight was not Scalvini's goal, but it was his goal celebration. Celebration, yeah. Like, like that was like me in 1993 when I opened my Christmas gift and there was yep. a Sega Genesis. That's, <laughs> that's that's what that's what it was. He was so exuberant and so excited. Well taken goal too, I have to say. Very nice. Maybe he had a bet going if he scored to get a PS5, yeah. and that's why he was so excited. Maybe uh, maybe Jose Mourinho got him some shoes. Got him some shoes, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, this game had a lot going. And I, I mean, I can't, be- I can't believe we came out with three points. Mm-hmm. There was a lot that happened. You know, normally when it comes to playing against Roma, we're used to getting, you know, making a mistake and getting scored on in the first two minutes. But in this game we made a mistake and our goalie's out until after the world cup. So right. De- Demerol and, and Musso had a little bit of a kerfuffle on a bouncing high ball and Demerol's hard noggin. We know how hard that noggin is straight into Juan Musso's cheek. Nick, I placed the blame squarely on you for this injury. You want to know why? I'm very last, curious. Last I have no week, idea. La- well, last episode, not last week, you asked what color Juan Musso's eyes were. 
The answer is one of them is definitely black. <laughs> black or purple now. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But um, hey, Sporty came in. No problem. Great match from Sporty. Nope. And I think it's it's weird. I was, I think I wrote it. I think it was all, like as unfortunate it is that Musso got hurt. Getting hurt so early, I think yeah. it was super beneficial to Sporty that he could he could yeah. grow into the game and he had to get called upon. I think like minute 35 is when everything started going downhill for Atalanta and he was ready to go at that point. So good timing as you can have an injury as unfortunate as an injury is. Sporty had Sporty has a good game and now Milan wants him as a backup for Mike Mignon. Right. Yeah. Just one game is all it takes. It's great. (laughs) Goalkeeper peaks and valleys are steep as steep and like fast as you can go. It's all up and down. Goalie can, can help share that in the opposite direction too with his, escapades can you imagine if he on sunday was is going to would start for fiorentina yeah. and it was sportiello versus Golini? like that'd be great talk about talk about it interesting it's like it's like a, a crossover episode uh in, in in a cartoon that's like very strange like this is yeah. a weird crossover mm-hmm. um but i think maybe one of the other stories and we'll probably go into the specifics a little bit about it was some refereeing decisions um and they all centered around clothes being pulled and a certain mm-hmm. um, Zaniolo. Um, but Nick, I feel like the two in the second half, the ref got spot on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And I think he got it spot on in the first half, that one where Demerol pulled Zaniolo's shorts. What he missed, I think the ref missed, was it should have been a foul outside of the box and Roma should have had a free kick. Because mm-hmm. Demerol was very smart and he just let go just right in time. Yeah. But but uh, yeah. So if there was one miss, it was that. I don't think it was a penalty because the initial foul happened outside of the box. Yeah, that's good. I didn't, I didn't think about that, and I'm sure if they went to VAR, they would have probably yeah. caught caught the initial foul. But I think Zaniolo is like rude is his missed chance, and he's like, I'm going to just try to dive mm-hmm. every chance I can down the second half, and it obviously. I thought, like you said, those are spot on calls. I thought it was really good, good, strong defense by Okoli on that. But yeah, I'm, I think we're fortunate because I think, no, because no, that, that, because I was saying if he does go down in that first, yeah, maybe if he goes down that first half, mm-hmm. maybe things change in the second half and the ref sure. starts calling those instead, but whether he should or not. And I think it, it can raise an interesting question about what constitutes a penalty in that situation because. There's no way in hell that a short drag, dragging those shorts like that can force you to fall like you've been shot, which is what Zaniola would have done if he was going to go down. Mm-hmm. And the antics would have been enough. Like, it's weird. He falls there, they call the foul. But he doesn't, which you shouldn't do, because it's such a it's such a, a nonchalant way of trying to make contact with somebody, and he stays up. I don't know. It's just yeah. really strange how it all happened. But, well, I'm happy to be on the fortunate side of the way it all played out. Yeah, we. I think every team has been on on both sides of this. I, you know, I think mm-hmm. Roma was a little unfortunate in that first half incident, um, but I think the referee pretty much got it spot on. I have to say, out of all the antics, uh, Zaniolo only got second place to Gianluca Mancini. Uh, for did you see that one? Where oh he, my god! Yeah, and and when the replay went, I saw that it was kind of like knee on thigh, right? Like or knee on knee, and that hurts. Right. There's no, even though it looked like it was a graze, but the way that he went down, Nick, like I said, he is becoming one of my most hated 
players in the league, Gianluca Mancini. I just, he, I just want to slap him in the face. Yeah, it's just like there's a screw loose somewhere up there, yeah. right? It feels like it, like oh. the antics after the conference league yes. celebration, where he's just like smacking Chris Dante around, and yeah, I forget who else, but and then there yeah, was the Barella on the bench when Barella was kind of just like messing with him a little bit, and he got all aggro about it. Uh-huh. You know, like he just seems like such a dick. <laughs> yeah, a little, it's like he's got a little roid rage going on somehow or something. Yeah, I don't, I don't like him. Like Jens Strigger Larson, I just didn't like his face. Gianluca Mancini <laughs> is his face plus like his whole plus person. everything else. Yeah, does. and it just it just hurts because he used to, you know, he used to be one of us. Yeah, um, you know, I, I just ugh. was he an academy guy or was he? Uh, I don't remember. I, I don't. For some reason, I don't think he was. I just think he came over pretty young. Um, okay, that's I don't remember him being in the academy, but I, I may be wrong. Speaking of uh, Sugar Larson, quick, he got called up for Denmark. Yeah, I saw, I saw that. Yeah, I don't know if he played, but I saw him. Like Dan will be happy. I think that. I think he might have come in, but I know it was Mela and Vas who were um, on the left and the right. On the okay. left and the right. Yeah, I, I mean, if, if you need a handball in the box, Strigger Larson's your guy. He's your guy. Mm-hmm. So stay on the bench, yes. And um, I think, as far as the big happenings, that was it. But you he know, was, sorry, he was he was Fiorentina youth. Uh, mentioned he was he was Fiorentina yeah. youth. Oh, interesting, mm-hmm. interesting. Then the Perugia, then the Atalanta from that. Oh, route. Perugia, that's why. Ugh. Mm-hmm. The the enemy, that's at uh, Ternana's Ternana's eternal right, enemy. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's their Brescia. So eh, by proxy, we hate them too. Why not? Right. Even though they make great chocolate. So. Um, Takeaways from the match, Nick. Uh, I know we're probably going to quickly go over the match ratings, but mm-hmm. I mean, there were definitely positives and negatives yeah. from this match. Take us through. Let's let's talk about the positives first. What did you What did you see sure. here that you really liked? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, obviously positives and, and maybe not negatives, but the needs improvement. We can call it. We'll we call wanna. them opportunities, Nick. Oppor- opp- opportunities. A little SWOT analysis, right? <laughs> um, but I, I thought, like the goal, like we said, like. Atalanta of old, it feels like we need 10 chances to get one goal. This time we need like one chance or two chances to get one goal, it feels like, which is definitely a nice change change of scenery. But the one play where Hoyland runs the channel expertly, he's he's getting getting handled pretty well by Chris Smalling, but he's able to get a little space yeah. and, and work some things. I think he it was a great heads-up play and shows he can do a little more than just put the ball in the back of the net by his good positioning. Chris Smalling so, is good in this game too. Yeah, he was really good, and I think you have to be happy with the way Hoyland played. And Absolutely. they are they are able to get forward, and their counterattacks aren't lightning quick necessarily, but the process is good and in place. I feel with yeah. what you want to do when you're not holding onto the ball all game. I, I do. Um, I, I do want to add with with Hoyland, right? Because he, let's face it, Smalling for the most part had him in his pocket the the entire match, even though Hoyland was running the channels. But credit to Rasmus Hoyland. He ran the channel and went up against uh, Roger Ibanez on that specific. On, on that specific, so it's kind of like he's mobile enough, you know, to to recognize where. Like, look, this if I stay centrally, you know, this guy, this guy's got me, you know. So yeah, go no go help. attack yeah. Roger, you know. And so then Chris Smalling comes to double, and that's where the space opens up. Yep, yep. Go home, Roger. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> defense though we can talk about good and bad I, th- I think we didn't we got a clean sheet by some miracle so you gotta be happy with the resolute 
don't back down style defending the hot to more play when it felt like a guaranteed goal they were going to get at that ball. I think it, I think it was Shoma Rudolph that was mm-hmm. going to be on, on the receiving end of that pass that hot to finally stretches leg out. Yeah. And he but, missed that sitting header too. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. So heck, we want to play defensively. We're still doing it. And I think along the lines of that is I like the rotation. I think bringing a Coley in was super, super yeah. vital to stopping Zaniolo because there really wasn't an answer for him mm-hmm. until, until Ocoli came on in the second half. Um, so the big, we're still trying, like this was the first real test I feel. Sure. Uh, even, even not even Milan, the Milan game was different than this one, but this was like the first real test of playing against an opponent that just wants to try to beat you down. They're like, uh, it was like an obsessive manner in which Romo was trying to get a goal and, Stood firmly at the end, even though it was really shaky at times to get there. Um, so, you, like we said, you run away and take the three points, and you go back to the drawing board and fix what needs to be fixed, which I'll get to in the next part. After, yeah. if you have anything you want to share about it, yeah, the Okoli thing. One of the things that, like, you know, the two incidences with Zaniolo, where each person was dragging each, you know, each other down. I, I think the the best thing, like, upon reflection, was. It felt like Zaniolo was the one who was initiating the contact mm-hmm. at first, and Okoli like reciprocated, and that's a good sign because Nicolo Zaniolo is 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 a is a strong and fast player, and he if he feels like he needs to grab the defender's jersey to get past him, that that shows something uh, mm-hmm. about what what um, Caleb Okoli is made of. So that was one thing that I was like, oh, this, this is, and especially coming off of the Cremonese match, which was Caleb Okoli's like worst match, um, yeah. which I'm, I'm not surprised he didn't start, even though they, they we played three in the back um, in, in this game, didn't we? Yeah, we played three. I want to say. Did we play um, three? I can't even remember. It was so I think it was back. a back four. Was, was it a back Scalvini four? Scalvini and Darun right. Then Okoli yes. came on and it kind of changed to a back three at that point. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Um, but th- that was that was I thought really really positive. The second thing that I thought was really really positive was for a moment there, from probably about the fifteenth minute to the thirty fifth minute, where I think that's when when Scalvini scored the goal. I, I want to mm-hmm. say there was a twenty minute passage where we were on the front foot yeah. and we yep. looked like old Atalanta. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, it was like Cup Miners was getting in good positions, good crosses were going in. Copminers was everywhere. He was intercepting passes, starting it on the break. Um, and I was looking, I was thinking to myself, you know, what is going on here? We just got used to, you know, the way that we're playing. And now, but then of course it, it you know, it went, it went back to the, the new version of Atalanta. Yeah. Uh, it's like you know. we scored too early almost, it yeah. feels like, and then force ourselves to defend a little longer. But yeah, you're right. That was a really excellent stretch. The yeah. shots may not have necessarily came from it, except the one that mattered that got the goal, but it's, it's nice to see a little possession domination, not, not in our own third. Yeah. Sometimes against a strong team. Yeah. And and I think the hype surrounding, you know, for gas, you know, just desiring to have Scalvini in central midfield plays like this kind of show why, um, mm-hmm. you know, you, you would want him to do something like that. I, I think that that's, that's definitely like I get it. Like we get it. He he can do it, but he's still so raw and so gangly. Yep. Yeah. So opportunities, Nick. Opportunities. What did you see? So I think I think a lot of it 
can go on the like there's still we got a clean sheet like i said but roma had there was like two expected goals 2.4 expected goals which is yeah. a crap ton yep for for a team um to concede and it, it threw our expected goal differential out of whack for the year now unfortunately but who cares about that we just want points but i i thought the weird thing with all this defending was so obviously we're sitting back defensively we're not going to try to hold on to the ball but it still felt like all of Roma's opportunities that they were getting, it just felt like they were counterattack, fast break style things. Still, mm. it wasn't like Atalanta was set up in a classic low block where everybody's sure. hunkered down inside the box. Roma's passing it around the eighteen; they can't squeeze it in. They cross it in and hope for like it's like these were like legit like guys have full heads of steam running forward yeah. and we're playing catch up, trying to uh, knock knock them off the ball or something like that. And it it felt like indecision of do we want to. Do we want to stay back and defend or do we want to try to press a little up and and, and win the ball back in the, in the middle of the pitch or something like that? And I thought they they didn't buy into one strategy and it it didn't hurt them in the end, but I think it, it made it much more dangerous than it needed to be. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I did not like the way that Romo was able just to get into the box so easily with those opportunities. And I think that, I think that's the reason why um, at least that's the way I saw it. Not not buying into to one defensive strategy to to just use, and you can do it against teams like like Monza. You can do it against Hellas Verona, Torino, even, but you can't do it against Roma. You can't do it against if it comes to it, Milan again or Inter, Napoli, someone like that. So I mean, maybe, and and I agree with you. Like the fact that that was happening is not good, but this is what Roma does. So, you know, that's their strategy as well. I think, you know, as much as, you know, there was something to be desired for us defensively, I just think Roma was good at that. Um, Which, yeah, yeah. And we certainly, I think, dodged a bullet with Paolo Dybala getting injured before the match. Um, But, you know, having Lorenzo Pellegrini kind of in a more advanced role and able to release the balls quicker, I, I think there was maybe a little bit of a tactical shift that had to happen there. Um, so I don't know, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe, maybe that's what it was, but Roma, that's what they do. That's Jose Mourinho ball. So if you want to talk about teams that are really effective in doing that, uh, we were up against the best and they didn't score because we got, we got pretty lucky, especially with Tammy Abraham's. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that was going to be offsides if they, if that went in and I, I didn't, I didn't really get a good look at it. Yeah. Um, the question did come across my mind, but it didn't seem like I, I didn't, I honestly didn't get a good look at good look mm. at it. So who knows? It doesn't matter. It doesn't even matter now because yeah. he, he, he can't finish that well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, and I think that's a good segue into the, cause you say this is what Roma does. Like, like they can just beat you to death. It feels like chance after chance. And maybe there's a little recency bias. I don't know, but it, it doesn't, when Atalanta needs a goal, it doesn't feel like they can just pepper the opposition with chances. Mm-hmm. Cremonese was was three weeks ago. That that's an example. And even last year, see like the both Genoa matches, Salernitana, Cagliari, mm-hmm. all those games were drop points. It's like we just we need a goal, and it feels like we only give ourselves like one chance to get it. And if we don't, sorry, game over. Like we're good at scoring goals at the end of games, but it's normally if we're if we're drawn or if, if we're already up or something like that. Yeah. But um, it's it's just point. it just feels weird to me that 
and I guess this is just a critique of the, of the team as a whole that we're we're just not more effective, I think, in and getting chances when we just it's like take it's a, it's just like all or nothing, put everything on the line kind of thing. The way Juventus did against Salerno Town, I, I don't I don't think Juventus's offense is necessarily better than Atalanta's. Maybe they're 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 similar, maybe. But Juventus was like dogs that la- that last ten minutes of the match where they basically should have won it. Um, besides the VAR error, and just bullied Salerno Town. I, I can't see Atalanta bullying a team when when it needs to to get a goal like this. Yeah, not this, and they should be able to. I think with the players they have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I I agree with you. What do you think the problem is? Is it mentality? I don't know. I think it's. And I think we talk about this a lot. It's like you just need like one player. It's like. Get on my back, guys. We're gonna go get this goal. Like, I think Jeremy Boga might be the closest to that from a skill scan point, but I don't there's there's no way that like mentality wise, he's he's the guy that's gonna pick everybody up by the bootstraps and say, Hey, get on my shoulders, yeah. let's go get a goal. Um and I, I think Roma has it. Roma has Zaniola, Roma has Pellegrini, mm-hmm. Dabala when he's when he's not injured. You saw Pellegrini was just running the show in this yeah. game, and I think it's it, you need a, I think you need a player like that sometimes and it forces Atalanta I think to be which is fine like you have to play perfect team ball for 38 games you you, you can't rely on you can't have one guy to bail you out and I think it forces you to try to make a, com- a more complete team by knowing that you don't have that guy they can say oh we can just pass the Illichich and Illichich will figure something out so we could be we can be less prepped in the other yeah. areas and aspects of the game we play but it sure has to have it in the back pocket if you really need it sometimes. That's the problem. When you're a well-oiled machine and, and one of the cogs breaks, mm-hmm. your machine doesn't run anymore. Like you can't just give it to Jordan and, and, and you know, just yeah. go and just yep. go. We we don't have that. Like after Papu left and Ilicic left, you don't have guys. I mean, that's that's the big thing that I talk about. The 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 players who can solve matches. The, the team collectively needs to be able to solve a match, but that means everybody needs to be in sync. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and there doesn't seem to be, like, you're right, teams can, you know how, like, you know, you're playing a certain style when it's nil-nil. Even a team like Monza or Salernitana, and then you get scored on, and all of a sudden you have all the possession. Yeah. Like, I just, it doesn't feel like Atalanta can turn that on. Like we, yeah. we still haven't gone behind this season ever, you know? So right, right. it's like, it's, it's the ability to close out the games. Uh, we were fortunate to do it, I think against Sampdoria, against Torino, but like it, it's, and we get, we get lucky, you know, with one goal from Cup Miners against uh, Hellas Verona, but like we, we don't have the ability to just say, guess what? I, I'm going to do this. I'm going to completely change the way uh, I'm going to be on the front foot. But we have never really, honestly, had the opportunity to 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 change that this season because we've never gone behind, which I yeah. think is really interesting. Yeah, and I think we'll we'll find out sooner or later. It's it's nice not to have to find out so yeah. late into the season right now, but we'll see what the team's made of at that point. And I, I think it's it's weird. I think Boga feels like the guy. There's one guy that could do it. It's him, but. From a skill scan standpoint, but who knows, like what he can do, like from a I don't want to say mentally because it's not like he's a mentally weak player, but he just doesn't have that. I don't know. He's lacking confidence. Lacking confidence, and 
um he's not as charismatic charisma like like displaying your charisma on the pitch like he doesn't, he just he doesn't have a that. good kind of ego maybe that mm. is like i'm gonna do this give me the damn ball yeah i think i think jeremy boga is a flat track bully it, it is what i think i i yeah. think that if you know i mean he was lighting it up against propatria let me tell you but like can he do it against top tier teams that's um, funny you mentioned that. I'm curious when he scored 11 goals for Sassuolo. I wonder who he did it against. Yeah, that's actually. I, was, I, I, I just I want to look at these teams. Sorry for the. No, that's okay. But but this point, I think I think when I'm looking on the outline and I'm seeing your opportunities, the biggest one is 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 you know that that leads into this is we cannot hold the ball when we're trying to hold yeah. a lead to save our lives, Nick. Like. I know that we're trying to do one, two, quick release, one, two, but it is just so imprecise and so horrific to watch because yeah. it's it's almost like we're just kicking it and waiting, kicking it and waiting. Yep. And it may be effective, but I'm going to be a little bit selfish. Nick, I'm going to say that it kind of embarrasses me to watch it yeah. <laughs> after, after what we're used to in the last few years to see that. Like that's that can't be us. Right. Yeah. Like I get it. We have 17 points, you know, that's, that's, that's fantastic. After 17 points, right. That's how many points we have after 17. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're top of the league after seven matches never happened in our history, but man, man, what are your thoughts on the ball retention thing? What do we know? Oh, it's, it's ugly because yeah, it's like you said, it's like, they hope it, it, it's, it's like, it's like you're an NFL team. You punt, it's like, it's like punting on third down and then just letting, and then letting the the opposition just run the ball to your forty yard line and like letting them do it, like yeah. you just like it's like you're giving up early. Um, I and it, it I think the team's done this before. I I, it, I vividly remember the Manchester United games where we couldn't the same thing happened mm-hmm. where couldn't retain the ball even though we were more of a high flying ball mm-hmm. retention type of team, and it feels feels like you just need like one like it feels like cup miner should be able to just ping a ball out like and I, I noticed in this game specifically now that i think about it more melee was wide open out mm-hmm. in the flanks multiple times mm-hmm. just not really doing anything when they get the ball back just flip it out to him yeah uh, maybe, maybe they're so hyper scared that they're gonna they're gonna kick a bad long ball and mancini's gonna come up and and corral it and start an attack or something, but Roma was already creating mm-hmm. dangerous attacks anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know what what the solution really is because the guys that you feel should be able to do something about, it, like Cope Miners, even Muriel should be able to dribble his way. Ederson should be able to dribble his way out of some of these situations, but they can't. And the team is not well; they're not passing well in general. They complete only three out of the four pass, like eight seventy five percent pass completion percentage is a far cry from what we're used to for this yeah, team. That's at least 10% um, less than what we've normally seen in the past. Yeah. Season. It was, I think it was 82 last year on the run mm-hmm. of the season, 75, like as Empoli and Lecce numbers, basically. When you think about the way we're trying to play right now. Um, that's crazy. But I, I don't know. I think maybe if Ederson and Lookman are in instead of Postlich, maybe yeah. if Soppy's in, yep. maybe it's easier just to unleash somebody. But maybe they're just far more concerned about playing stout defense than doing anything but 
Yeah, it, it was really difficult to watch. I don't really know what the, the correct answer to solving that is. There was an interesting um, article, I think it was from Gianluca Di Marzio, uh, in an interview with Ederson uh, recently. I think it was, I just saw it today, maybe even. Uh, basically, he he was saying that, yeah, Gasparini told told me that I was going to become a Trek Corsista when I came. And I said, and he says, I'll, and I said, I'll get it done. I'll, I'll become a Trek Corsista. But he said, I do prefer to be on the right than on the left. That's, that's what he said. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, God. What if Gasparini plays him on the left? Is he going to quit? That's yeah. uh, that's all I was thinking. But honestly, after the match was finished, one of the most interesting things was Gasparini's comments post match, where you know they were talking to him about this new look Atalanta and you know how they have the best defense in the league, and Gasparini was very nonplussed about the success of his defensive. Mm-hmm. formation he basically said look in order to win you you got to score goals nick is there anybody who's more surprised than gasparini but the fact that they're leading the league playing like this I, it seems like this was just like a stopgap for him and it seems to yeah. be working you know yeah it, yeah it, yeah it feels like it feels like you know what like i'm just so mad at the world i'm gonna try this to piss everybody off mm-hmm. and then it just happens to work somehow it seems for some cruel. Reason. It seems really yeah. cruel that that it's so successful and it's completely the antithesis of what he's trying to do. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know, Nick. Like, is this something that like changes throughout the year as as our players gel and we get more used to it? Um, what do you think, or, or do we just do this for the rest of the year? The rest of the uh, this next stretch of eight games will certainly tell yeah. us with the yeah. opponents that we've got. Um, Maybe it's also an awakening for him, for Gasparini a little bit too, where he sees something effective working that he's not used to employing, and he, I don't know, he switches up the way he does it. And maybe maybe we'll start seeing a trend, because football the last couple of years, right, it's all been about like the, the counter press and just mm-hmm. like pressing pressing your team as high up, high up the pitch as possible, which I think which is what they still do. But everything's cyclical, like all sports. Like it's really sure. tough to create brand new ideas. Like you can recycle old ideas and make tweaks to them to counteract what's working well. And maybe this this sort of counterattacking Route One style is the new way to beat beat that. Uh, like a Gengen, like a Klopp Gengen press, mm-hmm. uh, in a way. Hmm. I don't know. I got, he 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 feels stubborn enough where he's like. I got my guys. I'm going to, I'm going to go back to what I know works and I'd be fine with that because it's been, it's been successful for him. But I feel, I feel we've seen enough of what's gone on now to at least keep giving this a try with maybe some tweaks because we we definitely need to be able to um, be better on the ball. Even against Kermanese though, Atalanta had 58% possession of the ball. They still are passing it around like amateurs. It's not like there was good ball retention in that match either. Um. Monza as well. Like these teams aren't, I wouldn't necessarily call them high pressing teams. I think Lecce will be the next interesting example. Maybe Sassuolo to see how they play against an opponent that's not going to just be breathing down their necks the entire match. Yep. Yeah. And I think more than anything, like it, it probably is still a learning of where are you supposed mm-hmm. to be? Who is supposed to be there? You know? Um, and I think the fact that Duvan isn't there, you know, makes makes it a little difficult as well. Yeah. Um, I don't know. 
you can't miss Duvan. But uh, even when he was there, it was, you know, a little early in this system. So I think it's going to take time. But I'm not going to lie. I miss the attacking. I miss the high press. I miss the goal scoring. But I'm liking yeah. the points. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nick, let's um, let's go. Let's let's just go to your man of the match. Let's kind of skip the match ratings, or you can you can just talk about a few people who who you you want to pull out of your match ratings here. Yeah, I can. I don't even. It's been so long. I don't remember who I gave what, but uh, I gave. I think you could have given the match rating to, or the man of the match to, a couple of people. I think Sport Yellow would have been a good mm-hmm. shout. Uh, I gave it to Scalvini mm-hmm. in the end, just because of even though he only played forty five minutes, that was a great goal, and it shows you don't have to blast the ball into the net every single time. It's a per- perfectly placed shot, and I wish more wish more guys would try to do that just across the sport and not not try to kill punish the ball every single time. Only Bruce Malinowski can really do that effectively. It feels like um, nothing else really st- stood out in the match ratings. These were weird match ratings to give because. Everyone was holding on for dear life, but they all they all were able to uh, pour enough water out of the sinking boat and up just in time before they hit land, it felt like. Uh, but yeah. yeah, I think every everyone was basically like six and a half, seven for the most part. It was just one of those games. Everyone did their job just enough. I think so. I, I, and on reflection, we did play a three at the back, and it was Martin Darude who played at, at one of the center back positions. Um, I think he played right. He okay. played right center back and Rafa played on the left. So, you know, in, interesting choice. And, you know, not to start Caleb O'Coley, maybe it was because, you know, Scalvini hadn't gotten some game time and thought it was a good time to put him into the midfield. Um, but I have to say that we, at least for, for a few minutes, for some time in, in the second half, we, we looked a little bit better um, with Martin Darun in the midfield. Um, as far as solidity, mm-hmm. but can you imagine if Scalvini was playing center back and that ball came to Martin Darun at the top of the box? That thing would have been in the bleachers. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it would have been out of the Olympico probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh my god, I, that's the first thing that I thought. I was like, thank God Scalvini's playing midfield right now because if that was Martin Darun, yeah, you can forget about it. Yeah, you can forget about that thing being even close because mm-hmm. we all know he only scores bangers against uh, Fiorentina. So watch out for the next game. Yeah. So speaking of, are we ready to move on to Fiorentina on Sunday? Yep. Yep. Let's do it. And speaking okay. of, Bo- Boga scored some goal- goals against some good teams in that in that season. Yeah. Inter, okay. Juventus, Roma. He scored against top quality opponents. Okay, so maybe he's not yeah. a bad track bully. Okay. Mm-hmm. We all know just that's just Mario Pasolini. Yep. Mm-hmm. Against Brescia. Um, but these guys beat us three times last year. Right. Most agonizingly, I, I think it was in the cup match. Um, that oh mm-hmm. my god, that was I don't I remember I was in New York during that and I was watching it on my phone. And I was like, there's no way this is happening right now. Um, but it doesn't look good for, for Vincenzo Italiano's side so far this season. Mm-hmm. Um, they have nine points sitting 10th in the table for a team that came in seventh and played so well uh, under Italiano last season. I think Luka Jovic has been such a huge disappointment Mm -hmm. uh, as a striker for them. Uh, You know, so Nick, like what, what do you think is going on at Fiorentina? Is it the fact that they have to play in the conference league? They've played, it's been two games, right? They've played so far. 
Um, I don't know because they had the they had the struggles even before the conference league matches mm-hmm. started. Slow start, I guess. Um, they've they Nico Gonzalez has been out for most mm-hmm. of the year. I think he's only played like forty minutes, so that never helps when your most electric offensive player isn't there. Belenkovic has also been hurt, so they've had they've had some injury issues. Uh, I I, I don't want to be rude to Fiorentina, but honestly, I think it's it's an example of like. I, th- I think this is like their their level, like they're anywhere between like like a sixth and ninth place team, probably if that makes sense with the, the personnel they have. And maybe they're, so- they're sophomore slump too, maybe. Yeah, like they're a little under that. I think I think they're underperforming, but um, but without Vlahovic, like you said, Jovic's your first choice striker. That's okay, and Cabral's just okay. Mm-hmm. Um, who's the other guy they got in the middle? Christian Kwame, Kwame is yep. okay, like. Like they're good players, but it's not like you, you put them on paper next to like Roma or something. It's like, oh, this Roma team is just mm-hmm. like 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 a class above it, I feel a little bit. And um I think we're just seeing the flip side of that. I think they, they'll probably still they'll be fine at the end and be competing for European spots, but um I think this is just kind of who they are a little bit right now. Be up and down. Some teams will figure out this heavy press that they do, and they're a little bit like hot Delanta at times, I think, where it's like we ride, we ride or die. We ride or die by just trying to get the ball back at all costs and holding on to it and yeah. getting caught out. I think they have the, they have the same problem that Atalanta had last season is that their mm-hmm. strikers their strikers weren't are not finishing uh, because in the midfield I feel like they're really really quite strong. Um, you know, you got Sapunara, you got you got Mala, you got a lot of great players. I feel like in that midfield, and then now they brought in Dodo on at, at right back. Who's also hurt too? Who's so also that, hurt? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Pastorvilli's hurt. Um, you got Sotil, who is like a firecracker on the wing. Who I think that you know that's going to be a tough matchup for us. He's he always causes problems. There might and be he some, dives and he dives like crazy he, too. He dives. Yeah, there might be yeah. some short pulling <laughs> in this match. Uh, you would think. I, I would hope that uh, Martin Darun doesn't play right center back in, in this match. Right. But um, you know, and Milenkovic being out. And having kind of like a uh, Galini's kind of crap. Let's let's put Terracino back in. I, I think you're right. Um, I think they'll still be challenging for European spots. I just think it's a, it's a tough transition uh, mm-hmm. to be in. Um, and you know, it's sophomore slump for Vincenzo Italiano uh, with yeah. Fiorentina. It doesn't help that they, you know, this team is pretty relatively deep. Uh, I, I want to say, but it doesn't help to have to play on Thursdays. Uh, for them yeah. so i think that it's it's That's definitely crazy. something in their mind and, and you know especially if 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 Golini is continuously trying to be a midfielder and uh playing <laughs> kickups uh which is uh, yeah you know but i i did point out when that happened that he was wearing the home jersey as he likes to do sometimes mm-hmm. and so he probably thought he was in the in the midfield for that midfield. match and he wasn't wearing his cap so he's like i'm not i'm not playing goalie this match so <laughs> But we talked a lot about Fiorentina. Let's talk a little bit about Atalanta. Nick, yeah. starting and, and I'll say, oh, sorry, really. And, and then, like you said, with the conference, like they're playing uh, Hearts of Midlothian like the week after, so it's coming fast and furious for yeah. for these European teams. So who knows where their heads are at with yeah. it? Yeah, uh, but starting hearts. line, go Hearts. Yeah, great, great team name, Hearts of Midlothian. Mm-hmm. Really like that. I think it's for, is it from a lore, like a Byron poem i want to say they're named after that but it's interesting yeah, 
Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> we'll we'll go with that. Starting eleven, Nick. Starting eleven. Uh, let, what do I got? So, changing it up. We can't say Muso in the back. We have to say Sportiello in the back for mm-hmm. for the rest of twenty twenty two. It looks like. Uh, I went back four with my prediction. I went melee, Demerol, Toloy, Hattabor. Um, I think this is a good Hattabor game with with Sotil. I think I want to have Hattabor get under Sotil's skin a little bit. <laughs> um, midfield, Miners, Darun, Ederson, Malinovsky, Lukman, Hoyland. Maybe he's about to start, but I saw – I was I reading Filippo Maggi's post and – the translation I couldn't tell if he said he thinks Zapata needs one more day's worth of one more week's worth of rest or not, but I'm just yeah. assuming Hoyland starts still. Yeah, they're saying they're, they might be cautious, mm-hmm. which I'm okay with. We have a huge yeah, stretch of too. games coming coming up. Yeah, I um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with fourth and back too. Uh, I'm gonna make a, a, a swap. Uh, I think Mele is not gonna play. I think Soppy is gonna mm-hmm. play uh, on the left, uh, and then. I think the only change that I'm going to make is that Hoyland is not going to play. I think Lucho will play up okay. top. Um, that's that's my only changes for you. So yeah, four two three one with Lucho leading the line, mm-hmm. uh, and the Danes on the bench. Hmm. Yeah, what do you um? What do you see the score? I want to say. It's tough losing three times to Fiorentina last year, and all of them are in annoying ways, right? Like the two penalties Fiorentina got in the first game, the called off goal in the second Serie A match that drove Gasparini bananas, and of course the Copa tie with Milankovic with the outside of the box shot on like the ninety fourth minute. Really annoying ways to lose in all three matches, but I don't think we're going to lose this one. I don't think we're going to win either, so I'm going to go two two. Mm, okay. I, I think I think I think we're gonna go behind in this one because I think this is this is a match where pure routine will they'll be they'll be firing pants on fire right off the bat, trying to win balls back, etc. It's gonna go well for them in some some sort of way. Um Kwame gets a goal. I'll get I'll give Kwame a goal. I'll give I'll give Jack. I'll give Jack a goal as well oh, from outside the box. But <laughs> But I think I think we're gonna go back and forth. So they won one, two one, and then we tie it up. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go Ederson gets his first goal finally, and then um Lucho will come off the bench and, and put away the, the game tying goal. Finally get our first goal from a Colombian in match day eight. <laughs> what is this? Co- Colombian World Cup qualifying? No goals from Colombians <laughs> oh until God. match day eight. Yeah. That's not true, but that's that's funny. Um, it was a six game stretch with no goals, so it's not far off. So <laughs> I think we're going to win this one. I think we're going to win this one 1-0. Okay. You know, I don't think we're going to go behind. I think Martin Darun is going to score a screamer yeah. uh, from outside of the box. Um, from, a, from, a, from a corner kick, we're going to try that, that, uh, that Torino uh, mm-hmm. setup again. So I think he's going to get the, a goal and a yellow card in this match. Uh, the double, the doppietta. Yeah. Uh, so... I think it's this is going to be a really really important win because I think Napoli is going to drop points to Torino, and I think mm-hmm. Inter and Roma might draw. Um, so I, I think Milan will probably beat Empoli away, and that's those three games are on Saturday. Um, I think that uh, Lazio will beat Spezia, and I think that Juve will drop points to Bologna. 
So I, I think it's going to be, okay. it's going to be an important, um, important three points for us because I really do think something tells me that Juric is going to finally, because I think Torino is under underperforming uh, mm-hmm. immensely. Uh, I, I just, I just think that that Torino is going to go ahead and then that Napoli will peg it back last minute. Um, so yeah. they're going to the, the way Torino points. likes to do mm-hmm. it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So might be wrong. There's some but good I think games on Saturday though. Those are good really, games. really good games on, yeah. on Saturday. Uh, really, really interesting matches. I, I think that this this puts us with this win provision like on top alone after eight match days, uh, mm-hmm. which is which is going to be nice to see, because Nick, after Fiorentina, we have some serious matches yep. until the World Cup break. We have what would normally be after Udinese after Fiorentina would be like a guaranteed three points is against Udinese, who are no mm-hmm. joke this season. We wax poetic about them. Uh, last episode then we have Lazio Napoli and Inter uh, as and well Sassuolo in and Sassuolo in between there sandwiched and in. in between yeah, yeah. so mm-hmm. but we're we're doing some heavy hitters but these are all heavy hitters who are, are going to be playing um some yeah. uh, UEFA matches so <sighs> Nick so we have Fiorentina Udinese Lazio not do, you re- do you want me to read yeah, the yeah. full schedule off? Yeah, you? what's the full schedule? Yeah, I, I left I left some teams out and I went for the, the heavy hitters on the that, heavy hitters. that line. But Fiorentina, Udinese, um, Sassuolo, Lazio, Empoli, Napoli, Lecce, Inter is the next eight games that we have. So Sassuolo, Empoli, Lazio. Who's after Lazio? Is it Napoli? Lots. It's Lazio, Empoli, Napoli, Lecce, Inter. Okay. All right. And all right. That's Nick. brutal. But it's even more brutal for those 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 teams in Europe because they have to add four games. Yep. On top of that stretch, so twelve games for them in in forty something ah. days. Every one game every three days, or yeah, something like it's that. Crazy. One, that's a lot. Nick, how many points do we we take? What's, su- say, what's success? I think we- success is. I would say. I would be happy with. Four four wins and two draws. I think the success. Over eight so, games. Yeah. So what's that? That's then two losses. That's fourteen points. Yeah. So fourteen out of twenty four. Okay. I think I would be happy with that. Just with, with the quality of the opponent that we have. I think I think I think we can do obviously we can do worse than that. I think we can do better than that. Like I think like I think we're gonna drop Fiorentina. Just just looking at the Sassuolo, Empoli, Lecce, you have to win those three games. Yeah. I think I think that that's the no-brainer. Mm-hmm. I think getting a win from Udinese, Lazio, Napoli, or Inter is a positive as well. Like Udinese, you think you should probably win that game, but I, th- I think taking three points off one of those other classic seven sisters is uh, would be really nice, but maybe not a guarantee. And then you draw one of the other ones at that point. Which which team do we lose? Make, get our first loss to out of those eight. Um, I think Napoli is the one we have the. I think they're the toughest matchup on paper. That comes pretty late in that schedule, so maybe mm-hmm. we lose before that. But I think Udinese is a trap. Especially on the road, yeah. yeah. Playing at Dacia, I think. I think if we beat Udinese, I don't think we lose till Napoli. Does that make sense? And then maybe if we lose against Udinese, 
some things fall differently at that point. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Uh, yeah, I, I, 14 points out of 24 would be a, a fantastic haul, um, <laughs> you know, for, for that stretch. Uh, I, I think we, we, we get a surprise win, maybe against, uh, you know, Lazio, Napoli, or Inter that mm-hmm. we're, we're not expecting, and we drop points to one of the smaller teams. Yeah, and, like Empoli or something. Like but that, yeah, right? something like that. Empoli, Empoli mm-hmm. is the one that I'm looking at. I'm like, these guys... They always find a way to screw us over, yeah. you know, ever since, yeah. ever since the Dragovsky days where we had 40 mm-hmm. shots and we couldn't score against them and all the way till the end of last season where, you know, we end up capping a crap second half with losing to them. Yep. You know, like, I just feel like Empoli is the game that, that we, that that's going to be our first loss. I think mm-hmm. that, uh, I think Fiorentina's a win, Udinese is a draw, Sassuolo's a win, and I think we lose against Empoli. Um, crazy sadly yeah Mm -hmm. interestingly yeah sorry Lazio Napoli and Inter are all home games in this stretch too which normally means that we're going to lose those games but (laughs) yeah I don't know I I, where do you think we will be well I'm not going to ask that question I'll tell you what I think forget about points because there's other Mm -hmm. other you know teams doing stuff then if we're in the top four at the world cup break that is as successful uh you know, first couple of months for me. Oh yeah, I agree. Yeah, of the fifteen matches, so almost halfway through the season, being in fourth place at that point is mm-hmm. uh, not something that fans have been have been used to doing, have been used to for the last couple of years. So I think you take that, and you're already more than halfway. You're beyond the halfway point for your points total for, for last year as well, which is a good spot to be in. A little bit of gravy for me would be a couple of things. I think to, to show a little bit more cohesion, score a few more goals. I would love, I would love a four, four goals against yeah. Lecce or something like that, four yeah, or five definitely. goals. Um, I would love to still be near the top uh, when it comes to defense uh, in the league. You know, I, I just, I want to see progression in our play. I don't care if we're, if we're playing this new style. I just want to be able to say, okay, yeah, we can still we can still pour turn it on if we if we want to. Um, that's a that that would be just the cherry on top of the Sunday for me uh, to be in the top four uh, at the World Cup break. Yep, most definitely. <sighs> and then one month or two months without football, then crazy to think about. So it's silver lining, man, is not not having European football this year. It's it's so weird how it worked out because this stretch is going to be so important for for everyone that's wants to be wants to be in champions league next year and not having to play a four extra games i think is going to be is going to be so key we may not we may not win all of them but i think a lot of these other teams are going to drop points too that they normally wouldn't have it's definitely going to be a really really exciting uh you know post world cup you know 2023 yeah Um, it and you know, I hope that we can go back to our our ways where we're we're strong in the second half of the season. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, in my mind, making Europe is the goal, and it it can it can be the conference lead. Like I, I'm I'm not gonna cry about that. Um, it's just we have we have to be in the top seven. Uh, I just it has to be an aberration. Like I just don't want it to be a free fall. If that happens, I want it to be a little bit of a slow burn, so it doesn't look mm-hmm. like we tank. Yeah, and that, yeah, and that, yeah, that's, and then just like tear it all down, and it's like you have to start from scratch, kind of thing. Like we're yeah. oh, we're fifteenth now. 
fire everybody and, and reboot, reboot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Slow burn is definitely the way to go. So if we're going to drop a few points here and there. Okay. Let's, let's do it. Let's spread it out a little bit. Right. Um, you know, mm-hmm. okay. Anything else, Nick? I don't think so. Thank yeah. Like I said, it's going to be hot and heavy for the next six weeks. So yep. be good times. Hot and heavy as it cools down in Europe. So anyways, Nick, tell everybody where they can find you and uh, read and listen to your good stuff. Yes, sir. So atlantapassione.com. Game previews up already. So go go check that out. Um, yeah, sir. Analyst pod. And uh, and um, in hiding for it. <laughs> I, I was thinking about it. It's like, I think I'm, I finally got my schedule kind of like back on track. I might turn it into like a monthly thing where I do like a really long episode looking back at each month kind of thing. Cool. I think that's probably the route I'm going. I'm not forcing myself to do like 52 episodes a year or something like that and get some guests on and, and just do like a really long, long thing. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, but, absolutely. Sounds good mm-hmm. to me. The more that we can hear you, the better. So, um, but of course, it's, you can find me at Atalanta underscore Vegas. You can find the pod at Atalanta pod. We have all now finally figured out with our with our new podcast hosting system. All season five is up on there. I uh, will be Ooh. slowly uploading right. the um, the back episodes if you guys want to hear them. But uh, I'm assuming season five is is really what you guys want to hear. Um, I want I want to speaking of game previews. You know, we aren't Fiorentina fans, of course. We're at the lot of fans, but I have to say we love the guys over at Viola Nation because they're freaking hilarious, right? And if you read their their match preview of uh, of Atalanta, uh, you are just going to die laughing. I don't I don't even care that they make fun of Gasparini. It's just mm-hmm. it's just comedy gold. So uh, you know you can take Nick's Atalanta side of it and then go over to the Viola Nation page and, and look at theirs because those guys those guys are hilarious. Uh, we we love them for that. Yes, definitely. Go give them a read. Yeah. But of course, that being said, Forza Atalanta sempre. Ciao to quasi. E forza la tanta, vinci dai, non ti lasciamo mai. E forza la tanta, e forza la tanta, vinci dai, non ti lasciamo mai.